Hi, everybody, and welcome to How Would City Live This, the episodic Arthur podcast. How's everybody doing out there today? Uh, Lucas, are you there, uh, pal? Uh, uh, I'm there, Will, but I, I, I think something's terribly wrong. I, what? I don't... What do you mean? Oh. What do you I, mean? I, well... Well, first of all, you're taking this kind of really uh, uh, confrontational tone with me, which is something that you're oh, not apt to uh, doing. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come across that way. Just, I'm not really sure what you're referring to. And also, it sounds like you're uh, a bunch of sin- a chorus of sinister voices from the darkness. Um, so that would be the other thing as well. It's it's you know I would say 50-50... Uh, 50 the confrontational tone, and then the other 50% per- uh, is the uh, mysterious, uh, spooky voices, is what I, is what else I, I'm taking issue with. I see. Well, first of all, the confrontational tone is absolutely not intentional. Like, no. Uh, I have no idea clear that up. you, or uh, anybody else for that matter. But I can't believe I forgot to tell you about this. You're totally right. Uh, I was consumed by an inky blackness coming out of my office closet, and mm. now we mm. are legion, so uh, mm. that's fun. Mm. Well, that's, I, uh, well, hello, legion, um, hey, hey. Or, or, or will multiple. Most um, good, most good. Uh, how, how do you feel about the television show Arthur? Well, uh, considering that we are a conglomerate of evil, not particularly good. That's so frightening. My podcast co-host doesn't like Arthur. I can think of... Oh, wait, he plays music? Oh, No, oh. that was... Uh, no. Will, is that you? Yeah, you now they're giving, me a bit of, they're giving me a bit of respite for this once, <laughs> probably to give everybody's oh. ears a break. Okay, thank goodness. I I was scared you were gonna be the the many voiced inky blackness forever, uh, and I would have to you know do some sort of other podcast or something. So um, I'm glad to hear you're okay. My goodness, uh, what a fright you gave me this Halloween season. Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, Will Young here, uh, along with Lucas Mancini, and we are just days away from Halloween. It's this weekend. Hopefully, you're uh, enjoying yourself, getting ready with your costumes, and. Uh, Maybe even going to hand out some treats. Who knows? Uh, looks like mine is going to be spent uh, playing the new Dark Pictures anthology game, as has is quickly becoming a Halloween tradition with myself and my friends. Interesting, interesting. Did you watch any spooky movies this year, Will? Do you have any oh, standout favorites? A ton of them. You know, watching a, a bunch of old favorites, you know. Uh, watched The Thing uh, a few days ago. Uh, let's see, Halloween. Oh, I watched. I watched Halloween, the, the original, great. Watched the 2018 uh, sequel, great. Watched Halloween Kills, yeah, and no uh, well, and a lot of other horror movies I've been dipping into here and there. Uh, some some not so good, and others uh, so good. You know, it's been a good season for that. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I went to a, a showing, and I had seen it earlier this year of Demons last night. What a flick that is! My gosh, Demons. Which one is that? Yeah. 
It's like a Italian horror movie. Oh God, which the guy? It it says it's presented by Dario Argento, but it's not an Argento movie. Okay. Anyway, all these people get stuck in a movie theater and they start turning into demons. And there's a samurai sword. And let me tell you, actually, the less you know, the better going into that one. But I highly recommend it. Gotcha. Um, no, I, I I might have a recommend, but unfortunately not off the top of my head. I actually wasn't anticipating talking about it for the Halloween episode, so that's my fault. Uh, I've also been preoccupied with with the inky blackness and everything. Mm. But, mm, uh, mm. yeah, like I said, they are letting me go in, a, in time to talk about Arthur. And uh, speaking of Arthur, there's one quick thing that I wanted to give a shout out here, too. And uh, it was, I think it was a I think it was last week, maybe or the week before on our social media. Uh, we help to spread this around. And if you're a fan of Arthur, if you're a fan of fan fiction, if you're a fan of anime, shonen anime in specific, I urge you to Google search Elwood Tenkaichi, which is a great Arthur fan fiction. Now, I must admit, I haven't read the whole thing. I have read, I think it's the first couple of chapters, but I really liked what I read, and I would encourage you to do the same. Uh, I'm just going to get the author information here, but, uh, I mean, Lucas, you're the resident anime fan and I figured it's this, true, it's true. this is going to be you something you really enjoy. This came with a, with a big recommendation. Um, and you know, I, I'm not usually one to peruse, uh, fanfiction.net, but I, uh, skimmed through it. I too have not read it from front to back, but I, I gave it a, a quick once over, um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I will say, I think it accurately uh, captures the spirit of both Arthur and uh, the the style of Japanese anime that it's it's trying to uh, um, kind of play uh, pay tribute to. And it is available on fanfiction.net and Wattpad. The uh, author goes by Helga Pataki X, and uh, Fern and Molly are two of the big protagonists. There's like it's a it's an ensemble piece, but they are the banner characters. So yeah, if you if that if any of that sounds good to you, definitely check it out. We have the link up on our Twitter, uh, but you can also Google search Elwood Tenkaichi, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, we do have one email to cover here very quickly. This came in right under the wire. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com from one of our patrons, Lion Dog, who was recently on a vacation to visit some family, and ECL episodes uh, helped him through the plane ride. Your episode where you covered DW's Freak Freakout hit close to home for me as I lived with the cats of my family members. As a lifelong dog supporter, I have no strong feelings for staying with cats, but after their constant grabs for attention and their sweetness, I can say I miss them a bit more than my relatives. So a lot of cat love coming out of that episode, I'm sure. I uh, just found out that a friend of mine got another cat, so I'm going to be visiting them this weekend. And uh, uh, certainly no end to the uh, kitty cat madness at your place, Lucas. Exactly. It's a regular kitten caboodle over here uh, <laughs> with my cat, Daisha. Uh, and we, we just got her checked out at the vet. She's got worms, but don't no. worry. We got, the D, we got the dewormer on deck, so... Um, you know, I tried a little bit of myself to try and get rid of this coronavirus. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, but no, she should be dewormed soon enough within like 48 hours or so. Um, before we're done with the emails, the other thing I just wanted to add was, folks, if you have a Arthur-themed Halloween costume, whether it's Arthur or one of the yes. other cast of characters, uh, make sure you send it our way. We'd love to see all your ha- uh, our Arthur Halloween outfits. 
Yeah, I'd love that. Uh, best place to do that, of course, if you put up a photo on Twitter, please do so. Send it to us on socials. You can also send it to us via email, elwoodcitylimitedgmail.com. Another great way to do that is through Instagram stories. Always appreciate receiving the Instagram stories of the Arthur costumes this year. And maybe one year we'll have an Arthur costume, but unfortunately it isn't this one. I always have like a mind of like in the summer, I'm like, maybe I should get it, my hands on like a yellow sweater or something. But mm. uh, unfortunately it kind of gets away from me. That, that's a deal breaker with me as well. I have all the other components with the exception of the yellow sweater. Sweater. It's one of those things where it's like if I'm going to go for it, I might as well incorporate it into like regular outfits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I went with Flanders this year as my Halloween costume choice is because I realized not only do I just kind of look like him in general uh, with the exception of the yellow, um, I also just kind of have all of those pieces of clothing in my wardrobe. I have like the gray slacks and the, the green sweater and the and the collared pink shirt so that's where that came from so one of these days i'll finally uh either find kind of uh buster's blue polo or i'll find arthur's yellow sweater we'll see or 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 something else something something to do uh to do a good costume with maybe maybe a good george shirt nice button-up mm. orange well before we get into this episode of arthur of course we want to thank the people at patreon.com slash elwood city limits who have thrown down a little bit of their hard-earned money to hear uh our sister podcast for the kids a pbs kids podcast our most recent episode the puzzle place was a lot of fun to talk about and there were certainly some opinions about it as well including well actually this wasn't a part of it but one of our patrons uh on twitter peebs put up a PBS Kids tier list and if you would like to have uh y- if you would like to have opinions on that tier list I recommend that you check out for the kids a PBS Kids podcast. We've got a really cool episode coming up scheduled for next week. So I think it's now there's never been a better time to uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. So we want to thank the couple of people who have including some of our newer patrons like Bella, Zara, Young Wee, uh, Alexandria Dukes. We have Cyril Della Rosa, Joe Low Flow, Veronica Trum. We have Baby Show Addict, Vinny Cataldo, JHC, Hannah Kitten. We have Ursula Katz. We have, speaking of cats, we got a couple of kittens here on the Patreon itself. We have uh, Matt, Pretty Cool Stairs. We have Kirsten and Cat. Another cat. We're just we're cat crazy over here. Uh, we have Ross Ward, Stella, and let's say Chandler Lefave Boten, and by special request Marlo Stanfield. Of course, if you would like to be like, hey, Will, say mine next time. You haven't said mine in a while. Uh, send us a send us a, a private message either on Patreon or Discord or wherever. Happy to say your name, especially if it's been a little while. It's kind of random whenever I do it. So yeah, we're gonna get right into this episode. It's right at the beginning here of season thirteen, the second episode. This one is called "The Silent Treatment." And it's a George episode. Happy to see it. Love George. And it's the cold open of this episode is all about the little things that we take for granted as kind of narrated by Buster. He's talking yes. about... Yes, uh, Arthur yeah. and Buster are getting downright philosophical here. You know, consider the shoelace. The shoelace and the tip of the shoelace, the plastic tip that keeps it from going in and out. I actually had to... Uh, to relace a pair of shoes this weekend. And without that little plastic tip, it would have been a lot harder. So I, uh, I'm i feeling this a lot more than usual. Do you remember, do you remember Will, what the uh, plastic tip is called? I knew at one point, and I can't think of it. Do you remember? Uh, oh, Will, when I finish this Google search, it is called <laughs> an, a- an aglet. Yes. Say it again? An aglet. A-G-L-E-T. 
L-E-T. I Ad-Lit. think there's like, I'm trying to remember what's, there's some show or movie or there's something out there where they kind of make like, uh, a, there's a scene where someone's like, oh, have you ever heard of an aglet? What's an aglet before? It's used as a punchline somewhere, but I can't recall uh, from where. Anyway. Um, that's what that's what that end of the shoelace is, and and Buster and Arthur are kind of sort of contemplating. You know, we've never really thought about this before, but we'd really miss the shoelaces and the end of the shoelace in particular if they weren't there. Hmm. Uh, there's also other little things such as ants and park benches. You never know hmm. how much you need them until you don't have them anymore. All of this leads into uh, George coming out at the end of the cold open and starting kind of the. Th- theme of this episode and man it's it's a bit of a bummer it's george coming out and being like it's like what about me can you can anybody see me and he looks into the camera he even knocks on the camera lens and i'm just like i see you george i see you (laughs) the the couple things about this uh for one while they're delivering this this kind of monologue about you know you miss things when they're gone you could actually see george in the background throughout it. So for instance, in the right. initial part where they're talking about the shoelaces, George is saying that he, he's, he can get the, the baseball and he's open, but Binky doesn't hear him and tries to go for it for himself and trips on his shoelace. Um, there's another part when they're talking about the park bench where George is actually uh, under the park bench the whole time while they're talking, which, I mean, that's kind of on George for why they can't see him. He's literally hiding under the bench. Mm. Uh, but... Uh, then we kind of get, is this a first George addressing the camera? I know um, parts where people address the audience at the start of the Arthur episode are kind of few and far in between if it's not Arthur. I know DW's done it a couple times, um, and we've had, our, I think there's been maybe one or two Francine times, maybe an Arthur time. But is this the first time George has kind of addressed the audience in the cold open? Nothing's coming to mind off the top of my head, and if I, and if we get this wrong, I'm sure our listeners will tell us. But nothing. I, I think it might be. I can't think of any other reason that he would have had to address the camera before. So I'll just go ahead and say yes until proven otherwise. So the episode itself starts off with the kids. It's Binky, Arthur, Buster, and Sue Ellen playing a game of hide and seek. And Binky seemingly gets everybody, but completely forgets George. In fact, Binky, quote unquote, wins. And then they all run off to the ice cream uh, truck and get ice cream. And nobody gets any for George. George is like, George literally comes up. He's like, hey, you forgot me. And everybody's enjoying their ice cream. And Sue Ellen tries to save face by saying, like, here, I got this one for you. I don't really want it. But George is really upset by this. And he's later talking with Wally, his uh, ventriloquist puppet. And he decides he's not going to talk to anyone anymore because he feels ignored all the time. So he is going to not talk to anyone anymore and see if anybody notices. It's like one of those uh, Instagram infographic stories that's like, you know, stop DMing people and figure out who your real friends are because everybody's going to stop making plans with you if you, you don't reach out or what have you. Well, yeah, and like immediately... I started feeling things about this episode because I I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to get too like down or personal or anything, but I've certainly Mm -hmm. had these thoughts before. I've, you know, at various points in my life, I've, I've been like, does anybody really pay attention to me? It's it's especially, especially when I, when I put something out that I think is really funny on Twitter and nobody gives it a like, and I'm just like, (laughs) does anybody really see me? Does anybody pay attention (laughs) to me? What if I just, what if I just never talked again? But I, I have felt that way in, 
in other serious situations. So I was like, oh man, George, I'm, I'm starting to feel things for this. So George sticks to this idea to the letter at first. We see everybody in woodworking class, which is the first appearance of, I had to look this up on the Arthur Wiki, Mr. Bevel, the woodworking teacher. Yes, this grabbed my attention uh, from the jump. I was like, brand new character. Mr. Bevel, not a throwaway character the not a throwaway character of the week. Sorry, I'm tongue-tied. I'm so excited. Um, but a new kind of ongoing teacher character in the show, teaching a woodworking class. I, I su- Okay, I have a question for you, Will. Yeah. Is this what shop class is? I, I only know what shop class is from, like, American movies and stuff. And as a university recruiter, I know a lot about the Canadian high school education system and what classes you can take. And I don't think we actually have classes like this in Canada. So I think the closest that we have, and I don't know if we even have this anymore, it would be tech ed, technical education. Um, yeah, we still do have that. Yeah. Okay, we still have tech ed. So that's our equivalent, at least over here in eastern Canada. I'm, I think you're right. I think shop involves working with machinery. And uh, that I think that also can involve woodworking. I, I remember, I think it's like in 10 Things I Hate About You, the movie. Like, they're in shop class and they're, like, making stuff out of wood. But you also yeah. make stuff out of metal. Um, I, know that's, I know that some schools have, like, an auto garage that kind of goes into shop as well. What? So that's I think crazy. so. Like, very yeah. very, very rare. It's like schools having a pool, you know? It's like not every school does. But Much, much like you, like, 10 Things I Hate About You, I know about it, like, in um... – Days to Confuse, the guy, mm. like, makes a bong in shop class. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so everybody is making something in woodworking class to be presented for a contest, and the winner will get admission to the Elwood City Inventors Museum. And everybody's is generally crappy. Uh, um, Binky, I think, what, what is it? He is making either a doorstop or a coat hanger. Or My some... favorite's Buster's, who Buster is making a cutting board, <laughs> a cutting so it is board. a slab of wood, and, like, you want to give Buster the benefit of the doubt that maybe he had to actually, like, saw a piece of wood in half to get it to that size, but yeah. I also just want to think that perhaps he actually just found the wood like that, uh, like that infamous video of Ben Shapiro being like, I was at Home Depot and I bought this wood, uh, and Buster just bought that wood as is. <laughs> right. Um didn't have to do much to it. So George actually has a marble run, which awesome. I love marble runs. I've been obsessed with marble runs uh, since I was a kid. There's an awesome. Oh, let me let me get bring this up here. Speaking of telling you to go places, there's a great marble run uh, YouTube that I follow. Ooh, is this the Marble Olympics or whatever? I've heard of that. No, it's uh, the Marble Olympics is cool, and it's just something a little different. It's not even, you know what? It's not even really a marble run. It's like one of those really um, extensive, um, uh, what do you call like Rue Goldberg, Rue Goldberg machine? machines? Yes. So I'm sorry, I can't think of it. It's re- it's like the name of it is not. I'll, I'll just have to scroll through my liked videos. Anyway, I'll move on from here and get back to you about that. But yeah, marble runs. Uh, I remember playing with like kids' versions of marble runs in in preschool and daycare. I loved it. It was so cool. And it's still like again, George, underrated character. He made a marble run, but he but the the teacher uh, phrases it in such a way of like anybody who wants to have their thing entered for the contest say yes, and George. Does, will not speak, so he does not say yes, even though the teacher is really like, okay, well, 
it's your decision, but he clearly wants him to because George, as we've de- as we've determined, is very handy, especially with uh, woodworking. Uh, this also backfires on George because at lunch he has the choice of eating lasagna or <laughs> Mrs. McGrady's baba goulash, which is one of those typical made to be disgusting foods. But we're coming back again to the question. So Lucas, baba goulash is beef strips and eggplants in a cream mm-hmm. sauce topped mm-hmm. with raisins and olives. Would you eat it? So, well, I, I, I'm always honest with these. It comes off like I'm a contrarian for contrarian's sake because it's a segment we do on the show. Uh-huh. Um, but but really, I look within my heart and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd eat that. I, I wouldn't eat that. With the baba goulash, there is a deal breaker, and it's the raisins. Agreed. If it, if it didn't have the raisins, if it was just the strips, the cream sauce the olives, and the eggplant. That actually does not sound so bad. That sounds pretty good. I'm Italian. I like an eggplant. 100% but, uh, 100% agreed. That's the exact note I have. Take the raisins out, and sounds good to me. Okay, uh, we see eye to eye on this one. Absolutely. And speaking of Italian, uh, George, of course, wants that uh, wants that <laughs> lasagna. But unfortunately, he gets the, baba go- the yucky baba goulash and sits away from everybody at lunch. Sue Ellen is the one to notice that George is feeling a bit down, and perhaps that they have been unintentionally ignoring him. So they decide to create and plan a party for George. Um, I had the note here that, and and as, as they're planning this, you, you know, a couple of the kids are still pretty oblivious to this. Buster's like, it's like, what about George? Like just completely oblivious of his feelings or that they could be forgetting him and even still kind of forgetting about him. So I think that this is, I, I had the note at this point, that I think this is really cool that are doing this. This is a relatable feeling for George to go through. Unfortunately, there are a lot of kids out there, or even not kids, like adults, who, like me watching as an adult, I'm like, I relate to this to a degree. So I think this is a really interesting thing to tackle with George as the main character. Buster doesn't only just say, what about George? They're they're recounting this incident at uh, when they were playing hide-and-seek and, and they were getting ice cream, which, if you remember, wasn't that long ago. George comes out and confronts them all, and they all kind of stand there looking at them. And Buster goes, George was at hide-and-seek? Huh, I didn't notice. Great. Thanks a lot, Buster. Uh, real sensitive. But everybody does like the idea, so they're going to try and go ahead with that. So George still feels like everybody is still ignoring him and nothing's really changing. In fact, Sue Ellen calls him later and is like trying to not let on that they have a surprise party for him. Is like, hey, George, can you come and help me with this? And George is like, but that's when, that's when everybody wants to talk to me is when I can help them do something. So no, I'm not going to. And he goes to bed that night and he has a dream, which has a reference in it as well. George has a dream that Wally is moving all on his own. And in fact, he's Wizard Wally. He's got like the Mickey Mouse sorcerer's cap and everything. And Wizard Wally takes him around and shows George what his life would be like if he never existed. And right away, George says, hey, it's like that movie where that guy... Uh, finds out what would happen if he never existed, which, of course, he's talking about the classic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And we get a fun bait and switch here where uh, initially George goes to the school and everybody's, like, happy. Like, Buster and and Arthur are yucking it up. Muffy's still rich. Uh, And George is like, wait a minute. Like, this is, like, 
this is where I'm starting to come around to your line of thinking, uh, Will, where I'm like, man, this is depressing. Like, Georgia's seeing a world without yeah. him, but nothing's changed. And then we kind of get the bait and switch where Wally has accidentally taken George to a world where Wally doesn't exist. Um, and what's really funny about this is we get to see just how little the other Arthur characters care about Wally at all. Which, I mean, it makes sense. He is kind of Will's confidant uh, or not wills oh my goodness no uh he's he's george's confidant uh and and george's ventriloquist dummy but it's just fun to see like if wally was to disappear tomorrow how little any of the other arthur characters would care yeah i was really i was really afraid of what this was going to be for a second uh but um but thankfully they go to the correct world where uh george is actually missed in some in some interesting ways so wally takes him to the world where george never existed which features a completely empty woodworking shop and apparently mr bevan there were no students that were interested and were able to get other students interested through their own passion which apparently george did I guess George is partially responsible for there being a woodworking class at all. And Arthur and Buster are having a catch with each other. And George says, hey, this is the park where we play three-way catch. And Arthur throws it to nobody where George would normally be. And he's like, huh, it just kind of felt like somebody was supposed to be there. Buster's like, I know what you mean. I'm really sad all of a sudden. And it's just like, this is almost, it reminds me of... (laughs) The, the fifth season of Doctor Who, if anybody understands that reference, where it's like somebody is mourning somebody that never technically existed and they're just sad for no reason. Mm. <laughs> um, and then other things like there's a bunch of cold birds. I have it writ- written down here, cold birds, because uh, George and his dad make birdhouses. And now <laughs> a bunch of uh, bird families in Elwood City are very cold because they didn't make any. And worst of all, uh, Wally's dead. <laughs> we see George's dad uh, cutting up a log that was going to be made uh, was going to be made into Wally, but then is just made for firewood. So there you go, Wally's dead. It's true. Funny how Wally's dead in both universes, both <laughs> the universe where Wally doesn't exist and the universe where George doesn't exist. Yeah, this is this is a tough episode if you're a George fan, even tougher if you're a Wally fan. George leaps out of bed after his dream and he declares, I do matter, which is an energy I am truly trying to cultivate in my own life. So everybody is still avoiding to George, even though George says, you know, okay, I'm done with no talking. I'm going to, you know... I realize now that I do matter, so I'm going to try and talk to everybody. He tries to talk to a couple of the kids, but they all run away because they don't want to ruin the surprise. And yeah. then classic, dr- classic kind of sitcom logic. Whenever there's a surprise party, uh, the, the the party in question, the person who's getting surprised, thinks, oh, everybody forgot about me the whole episode until kind of the big reveal at the end. And then George starts to feel like, oh, well, I guess I, guess I really don't matter kind of backsliding into depressing thoughts, but everybody avoids George. So not to ruin the surprise party. Sue Ellen, uh, ends up going up to George. She saves Wally again, another Wally in par- <laughs> another near death. Yeah. <laughs> Wally in peril over here. Sue Ellen saves Wally. George accidentally drops him into like a river and Sue Ellen jumps in to save him and then takes George by the hand to the treehouse where everybody has the surprise party. Binky had said earlier he was going to play something called A Song for George. It actually just ends up being a Mozart composition, and Binky covers this by saying, it was for George. He never said that he wrote it. (laughs) And then 
it turns out that the kids entered George's marble run into the woodworking contest, and he won first prize, so he's going to get to go to the Elwood City Inventors Museum. And he thanks them by saying that he's going to make sure that they can all go there uh, together. And then they end with a game of hide-and-seek, this time with George as it and finding everybody. So, it, it, it thankfully, it does have a happy ending. It's just like, it would have been a bit too much of just like, oh, man, it turns out nobody does care about George. Which, you know, depending on the character, it wasn't out of the question, you know? Well, I don't. I I don't know. I I I I. In my heart of hearts, I knew everybody was going to care about George at the end. But they really do go to great lengths to kind of make you forget that this is Arthur and it's a kids show, and mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't be so cruel because I was even believing it for a second when we were in the Wally's Dead universe and everything was fine. <laughs> um. By the way, I did find out the YouTube channel that I couldn't think of. It's called The Invention Eleven. The Invention Eleven. Ah, so check out those okay. videos. They are super cool. All right, all ended well for George. Let's see about the second part of our Elwood City Limits episode uh, right after this. This podcast is supported by listeners like you, and here's how. Over on our social networks, you can follow us and find the latest updates and some fun photos. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits, at ECL Podcast on Twitter, ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com, and Elwood City Limits on Instagram. You can support us monetarily by going over to patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. If you become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to exclusive audio content like our new PBS Kids show, movie reviews, and sneak previews of upcoming content. Support us as well by going to teespring.com slash stores slash Elwood dash city dash limits dash store or search Elwood City Limits on Teespring. Buy yourself a t-shirt, a tank top, or a hoodie with the Elwood City Limits logo or an exclusive design by our friend Josh. Elwood City Limits is available online at libsyn.com slash Elwood City Limits or you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. Is it not on your favorite app? Let us know. And you can always help us by spreading the word, tell your friends, and send Send us a message either on social media or an email, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your continued support. And now, let's get back to the show. Uh, welcome back to Elwood City Limits, everybody. Oh, uh, h- hello, uh, icky blackness that's possessing Will. Uh, we were going to talk about um, the second half of this Arthur episode, Kung Fu. I-, I don't know if it's really of interest to you, though. You said you didn't really like Arthur, so. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with this inky blackness. Oh, God. Oh. This voice is terrible. One sec. <laughs> Was this an alien? I don't <laughs> Oh, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force character Meatwad. I'm so <laughs> glad, you know, as a host of a cartoon podcast, you know, you, I consider to be cartoon royalty. So uh, it would be an honor to have you talk about this Arthur episode with me. Oh, Lucas, I'm really sorry about that. It's, you know, you, you we, I managed to take that out in the edit every time when my voice does that, but uh, mm, mm, I guess I just mm. missed it that one time. Sorry about that. Yeah, folks, Will is uh, actually putting on an accent in every episode. That's what he sounds like normally. 
yeah, it, it takes incredible effort, skill, and concentration to be able to 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 <laughs> leash that. So uh, yeah, forgive to me. To not sound like Meatwad. No, uh, not normally, at least uh, uh, only in the comfort of my own home. So I do apologize for that disruption. Uh, Kung Fu, like you said, Lucas, is the second half of our episode. And it's all about how sometimes the people you know can surprise you. Kind of like I just did there. Uh, for, <laughs> for example... We have another we have another food thing to talk about actually. Um, in this example, it's Arthur talking about how people you know can surprise you, such as DW actually ended up eating a foreign food that Dad offered her at dinner. That food is called yaprak dolmasi, a Turkish food. It's vine leaves stuffed with rice, lamb, and pine nuts. Lucas, how do you feel about oh. that? Yes, yes, yes. Mm. I, I I looked up pictures of this stuff. This looks scrumptious, diddly umptious. I uh, um, see. I'm already turning it into Flanders. No, I um, <laughs> uh, have like read about Turkish food before. It's one of those things that I haven't. There's not really a good place to get Turkish food around here. Um, or if there is, I don't really know about it. Um, but the the Turkish stuff I've had. Uh, is so good, um, and this just I I'm sure is excellent. It it sounds tasty to me. How about yourself, Will? Yeah, grape leaves. Um, I mean I I don't think it's exa- it's a little bit different from grape leaves, but that's kind of the same idea. It sounds really good. In fact, it reminded me a little bit of a uh, Ukrainian food that I like a lot: cabbage rolls. So, uh, the pine nuts are an interesting addition. Uh, but I'd definitely be willing to try them. Anyway, DW thinks that they're uh, green hot dogs, but apparently they're even they're a hundred times better than green hot dogs, and she chows them right down. And another surprising thing is that apparently Mr. Haney is able to play the theremin while balancing plates on his hands and feet. This is an all-time. Uh... This was a huge revelation for me as as kind of a Mr. Haney fan already. Uh, the theremin is very cool. Um, you know, Mr. Mr. Haney getting his Imogen heap on. Uh, this was this was this was very interesting to see that Mr. Haney was so talented. And the last thing is leading into the episode itself. Apparently, Fern is, has an interest in martial arts, as she demonstrates to Arthur. And we see here the beginnings of where this came from, and we'll uh, talk about that as we go forward. So the episode itself, it is a Fern episode. Great. Love it. Excellent. More Great use of George and Fern here. Appreciate it. So Fern and her mother visit a local a local old man uh, whose <laughs> name is Mr. Wu or Tony Wu. Uh, Fern is volunteering to help Mr. Wu in order to get her Junior Explorer's Service badge. So he's uh, he appears at first to be just your kind of run-of-the-mill old man. He's watching golf on TV. He's uh, ordering Thai food uh, for Fern and him to eat, and he just kind of sleeps a lot. And Fern is just kind of tidying up his house, doing some chores for him, that sort of thing. And it turns out, as Fern is relaying this to Sue Ellen, Sue Ellen reveals that Mr. Wu is actually a Kung Fu Grandmaster, one of the biggest names in martial arts from the 1970s. Uh, so a couple of things about this. One, when they're ordering food, Mr. Wu talks about how you need to get like the physical like menu. He's like, oh, the menu's in the kitchen. Uh, you could call. And that made me think about like, man, what a time, Will. You had to have the restaurant's menu at home to know what you wanted to order. Uh, how far we've come, eh? 
Precisely. Uh, my mother still does this because I think that she's still. What? Rem- I didn't rem- know you could. Absolutely. Oh yeah, totally. And it's especially for uh, pickup. Uh, you know, they would encourage you to you know call in before you pick up. It's hard. I don't, I don't know if I think well, pickup is possible obviously through these new apps and stuff. But not every restaurant, even in our city, is on DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever. So sometimes it, you do have to go a little bit out of your way. Yeah. So he. So Mr. Wu was apparently this big name in martial arts. Sue Ellen apparently thinks very highly of this guy. She shows off a part of a movie that he was part of, like a Kung Fu movie called Master Wu and the Rebel Monks. And what I was really surprised and pleased about here is that they did not go for the low-hanging fruit of having the Kung Fu movie have bad English dubbing. Oh, true. Well, I I think it's because this is more so, it's not so much lampooning kung fu movies in general in that it's actually very specifically lampooning the TV show and the movie Kung Fu. Oh. Uh, Or like Kung Fu, The Legend Continues or whatever. I think this is like specifically, uh, and, and I'll be honest... I don't. I don't think I've. I haven't seen much of the TV show, nor have I seen the movie. Mm. Uh, I just know it's like something that Quentin Tarantino liked. It's something that like inspired the Kill Bill movies, and that's why the guy from Kung Fu plays Bill. Yes, uh, and it's something I've I've heard my parents talking about as being children of the seventies. Uh, I'm to believe that one of the reasons for the big kind of uh, karate and kung fu craze um, back in those days was the popularity of the kung fu TV series. Uh, but I think that's what this is referencing more so than just kind of kung fu movies in general. Hence, why they didn't kind of do the the bad dumbing, the bad dubbing, dubbing. rather. It's yeah, it's just a bit of a low hanging fruit, and you know, not not super, not a. It's not this like a trendy joke to make anymore, especially in the um. I guess the subbing and dubbing landscape we have now, but they didn't go for it. It was just kind of showing off this cheesy old Kung Fu movie. Uh, And like you mentioned, probably something that uh, the, well, I was going to say the Arthur version of Quentin Tarantino, it's probably Quentin Tarantino with bear ears uh, really liked. And Fern believes, starts believing. So the, the, the plot of the movie has to do with, it's like the karate kid. It's uh, sort of in the sense that, the pupil being taught by Master Wu is like, you know, I've only learned how to like sweep and uh, pick things up. And then that translates into martial arts skills. So Fern believes that everything Mr. Wu is having her do around the house is secret martial arts training. And it was at this point in the episode where, you know, Fern had this conference with Sue Ellen. Sue Ellen showed her all this stuff. Sue Ellen knows about Master Wu. Why wasn't this a Sue Ellen episode? True. I mean, I suppose it wasn't a, a Suellen episode because Suellen already knows martial arts, right? Like, unless the, we're, uh, I know we play with the uh, Arthur timeline quite a bit, where you know we have these episodes that technically would take place before Arthur got pal, or or so on and so forth. But I, I think that. Uh, probably the only reason they didn't do it is because it's so much a, an established part of Sue Ellen's character that she knows martial arts. In fact, I think we know about that in the episode where Sue Ellen debuts, right? So there's no way to kind of retcon it so that Sue Ellen learned martial arts or was trained in martial arts by Mr. Wu. Unless, um, of course, we did it so it was like she was learning a martial art maybe that she didn't already know or well, something like that. Well, but you're right. It does. It, it seems kind of weird that it's Fern. Well, that's it. And, and I don't think that Sue Ellen already knowing martial arts means that she wouldn't want to learn from a kung fu Mm. grandmaster and it's just at this point that i was like i mean do not get me wrong 
great that it's a Fern episode. Like, let's have Fern do things other than, you know, mysteries, even though the mystery episodes are awesome. So, like, by all means, have her do other things. But then it just made me realize, like, we have a character that already knows about martial arts, loves martial arts, and would love and would make a bit more sense in this story. And that's Sue Ellen. So it just seemed really strange, especially because I think it was maybe if not last season, then like two seasons ago, we were like, I think we were both saying like, why doesn't Sue Ellen get more episodes? Like, you know, we get Francine episodes, we get Muffy episodes, but Sue Ellen kind of gets gets uh, left out. So I felt like this would have been a good opportunity for that, but at the same token, that would have meant leaving out Fern. So can't have it both ways, I guess. But th- that's that's what kind of s- stuck out to me uh, with this, at least here. So Fern believes that everything she's doing has a secret martial arts uh, equivalence, and she ends up bringing this up to Mr. Master Wu. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna call him Mr. Wu or Tony. Uh, he encourages her to call him Tony. Um, she eventually tells him that's what she thinks that he's up to when she accidentally breaks a plate of his. And he's, no, he's he's quite old, he's very retired, but he does decide to teach her Tai Chi, which, of course, is the martial art that's all about very slow, measured movement, flowing, I believe, is part of it. I've always wanted to learn Tai Chi. It looks very yeah. peaceful. Tai Chi, it seems more in line with something like yoga as as yes. kind of an exercise technique as opposed to something that you would actually do to fight somebody. And a, me- um, and a meditation technique as well. Right, exactly, exactly. I'd love to, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to do that someday. Uh, it also comes out Mr. Wu admits that he is not actually from China. He's actually from California. <laughs> uh, Fern, I think, thought that he was this great, wise Chinese master. And I believe the... Uh, I mean, you can infer that the character has Chinese heritage, but he admits like, no, no, it's I, uh, you know, I was uh, I'm from California. Yeah, they were doing this sort of thing uh, at Berkeley when I was younger. So, yes, yes. He he talks about to to Ferd. He's like, go with the flow, Ferd. And she asks, is that one of your like ancient Chinese sayings of wisdom? And he's like, no, it's from the 60s. <laughs> and he was hanging around Berkeley, probably getting high. So. <laughs> I appreciated that. There's actually not a lot of episode left. Like we get this thing where Fern wants to do Tai Chi outside and Mr. Wu initially puts up a bit of a, a bit of a fight against it for some reason. And then he eventually gives in. He and Fern do Tai Chi in the park and people end up joining them. And the, and Fern ends up saying like, that's all you gotta do is go with the flow. And that's the end of the episode. Like yeah. I like this is one of those ones, Lucas, and we've done this before, where you're watching the clock and you're like, we've got like a minute left. Where's this? Where is this going? Where can this go? And then it doesn't go anywhere. It just stops. Well, I suppose the moral is because it's all about you know people surprising you and not being what you expect. Um, hmm. And I guess this happens to Fern twofold, right? First, she expects him to be. Uh, a regular old man and then her expectations are subverted when she believes he is a 70s kung fu master Mm -hmm. Uh, and then her expectations are subverted yet again when he is yes a regular old man but also i guess she's surprised because she likes hanging out with him and he's he's kind of nice and he teaches her tai chi i guess i guess (laughs) i don't know 
we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about this in a second as we wrap up this episode. Let's go back to the silent treatment, Lucas. Um, what did you make of this one? So similar, actually, to uh, maybe some of the things we'll talk about in Kung Fu. I really enjoyed the silent treatment, except maybe for the third act. Oh, I think that uh, in the end, when we kind of get to the point where after kind of. Uh, George has kind of had his epiphany that everybody really does need him. I don't think we needed this kind of final moment where everybody's planning the surprise party and he mistakes it for people actually don't like him again. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've already seen him get to his lowest low and his highest high. So it just kind of feels redundant at that point. And it also kind of felt a little rope to me as I've seen that plot used so many times. I think we've even seen it on Arthur before where people think they're getting ignored, but really they're getting a surprise party thrown for them. Um, Besides that though, I thought it was a really stupendous episode. I think that, uh, um, it's been a minute since we've seen George. I really liked the opening from this episode. And you're right, Will. This episode kind of deals with a really serious topic, which is that, especially being this young, it'd be really terrible for you to think that if you did talk for a day, nobody would notice you and, and nobody really cares about you. And we even kind of, I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is, is a pretty um, serious movie to be taking influence from because the implications of the movie is that, you know, he dies, right? Like, it's, it's as if he was never born... And so that's some heavy stuff to be for George to be thinking about. Uh, and we even see, you know, Wally die and stuff uh, almost three times. <laughs> almost three um, times. So I, I think the episode handles kind of these heady subjects with the right, around, right amount of weight and seriousness, but also keeps it pretty light. There's some funny lines in this episode. You know, Buster's talking about we could build a big cake that George pops out of and everybody's telling him why that wouldn't work for a surprise party because George would have to know to get in the cake um, and stuff like that that and and some funny moments with wally too so uh i mostly liked it didn't really like the last third uh that's my thoughts will what did you think of the silent treatment well i feel like our listeners could probably guess i really responded to this in a way that i didn't mm-hmm, anticipate mm-hmm. i like george and we've said before i really like like we both really like george i'd say he's in probably the lower end of my top five characters because there are a lot of cool stories that you can tell with him that are a little bit off the beaten path from the main arthur cast and this is another one george is unfortunately one of those characters that easily fades into the background and when you take the time to address that in you know in ensemble type television shows i think you it can be really interesting because it turns out that it makes you think about the rest of the cast george is a human or well a human he's a whatever with feelings a moose a moose <laughs> i like i know the animal but i was like human animal he's he's a funny animal with feelings is, is what we're talking about um and i thought that was really cool to go into what it's like to feel like nobody pays attention to you to feel forgotten or unnoticed because i think that that's something a lot of kids deal with and george is the perfect person to to deal with that i'm I, I was fine with the with the third act, to be honest. I think it's a little cliche to do that sort of device because It's a Wonderful Life is a really old movie. And you're not only cribbing from It's a Wonderful Life, as they explicitly reference here, but there are a lot of different television shows and movies and stories that have used the device of, like, what would happen if you were never born? And I don't – well, I, I – there was that episode where DW imagined what it was like if she was the older sibling. And that's kind of – imagining it in a way but this is straight up like what if george wasn't here and i 
we t- we kind of talked about it. I was a little afraid that nothing would change, so I was I was a bit swerved by the uh, ep- the world in which Wally never existed and everybody was happy. But it was nice to see the little ways in which George affects the lives of others, and it makes you think that there are lots of other ways that the other characters do that. The maybe not as focused on characters it makes you think of like George or Fern or Jenna or whoever, and. Just because they're not there all the time doesn't mean that they don't have rich inner lives. So I appreciated that. Um, I thought there were little things in here. I thought the George's Marble Run was really cool. Hope we see more of this woodworking teacher. That's an interesting add to the to the school. And I thought it was just a it was just a nice thing, and it ended up giving kids and people watching the message that you are not as forgettable or invisible as you seem. Everybody has an impact on the world in one way or another. And I think that that's very important to show. And I think they did it really well. What the hell was Kung Fu? Um, this, I, 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 this, wow. I'm really tempted to say this was a bad, this was a bad one. And ultimately, I'm not going to go that far. Because I think that, first of all, for an episode, cool. Like, it, it can't be all that bad. I did like the idea of it, but I also feel like a lot of the idea, like the, uh, the the thrust of the story wasn't super clear to me. Like eventually, they ended up sticking with the whole thing of like going with the flow, which didn't seem to be where that was heading. It seemed like it was going to be about literally the famous Kung Fu master that Fern finds out about. Like it didn't seem like it needed a message. Like, you could just tell this cool story. Like like uh, Fern in the Persimony Glitched episode. I think that did also have a bit of a message to it, but you don't necessarily need it. It's just Fern finding out about this cool person. And I guess maybe that's her thing now. She's the one who encounters these in-universe celebrities. But then it just... I'm baffled at how quickly this wrapped up. Before you knew it, the episode was over, and I was like, well, what, what the hell was any of that supposed to be? I, I was so confused. Like, Fern ended up taking Tai Chi... And I just have I have very little faith that we'll see Mr. Wu again. And I don't know if Fern's Tai Chi or martial really? arts interest. So, you think Mr. Wu is a throwaway character of the week? I think he could be. I think he very well could be. I've ne- This is the first I've ever heard of him. Um, you know, we've got confirmation that we, you know, we see Toadie again. And now, granted, I thought we would never see Toadie again. So I could I could be totally wrong. But I just got no indication that this was going to affect Fern's life at all going forward. And I'm going to be keeping an eye on this. Because if it doesn't, what a waste of time. Like it, So my hope is that this does something for Fern's stories as we go forward in the series. I just don't have a lot of faith in it right now. And it just also wasn't, it wasn't that entertaining. It was fine, I guess. But also, like, I don't know. Especially after how much I responded to um, the George story, this didn't do anything for me. And if it wasn't for all the goodwill I have for Fern, like forget about it. Interesting. Wow. Well, I, I, I if I don't necessarily disagree with you, Will, I do think that uh, this episode definitely has a lot of things that uh, it doesn't really stick the landing on. First of all, I think kind of the point it's trying to get across is really messy. Um, if I, I, I hate to malign an episode for what it's not as opposed to what it is. Uh, but if I was writing this, I would probably have 
um, Mr. Wu have some sort of hidden thing about him that Fern thought was really cool, and then it would kind of feel more cohesive with the theme that they f- it felt like they started with. Right. And they definitely don't do that, with the exception of the Tai, tai Chi. Uh, or, I guess, just that the cool thing that's supposed to be about Mr. Wu is that he's kind of a nice guy. He's just a pleasant old man who seemed like a little bit of a hippie. Which I will say, that almost saves the episode for me. Because as much as I think it's not a great Fern episode, like, we don't really get to see uh, Fern made the best use of, or, or they don't really utilize her character. Um, right. I do really like Mr. Wu. Like, I, I, I thought, even when he was being sure. a grumpy man who liked watching golf, uh, I, I this is kind of why I hope he's not a throwaway character of the week. Because I thought he was kind of, I, I thought he was funny, and I like this idea of this, like, just this guy from the 70s, and he's like, yeah, my last name's Wu, I'm from California, what about it? Like, <laughs> I, I, there, there's something about him I find endearing. Um, with that being said, I definitely think this suffers from uh, an even greater version of the same problem I had with the silent treatment, is that the third act is just strange. Yeah. Um, and and all the, also, I'll say the dream sequences, and I know it's parroting uh, Kung Fu, the TV show. Like, for instance, especially her doing all the chores, I, I, I this is all from a cultural osmosis but i believe kung fu the tv show has all this stuff about like if you could get the pebble you can leave and and stuff like that or he has to go through all these tests and training um the music and the way the characters look it's like i'm not gonna say it's it's downright problematic i wouldn't go that far because it is a parody of an established kind of uh 70s tv show but i will say it's a little sketchy i will say it 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 borderlines on a little bit sketchy mr Wu with the long beard and i i I think it's almost okay because the whole episode is kind of about fern has an incorrect expectation of mr Wu when she learns to like him despite that incorrect expectation so as long as it that kind of makes narrative sense that fern would have an incorrect stereotype in her imagination but i as it was happening i was like this is a little bit sketchy um <laughs> and then yeah all the stuff with her learning martial arts and, and her making like noises in school that was a little bit odd too yeah um i don't know i don't think i disliked this episode as much as you do but i was certainly confused by it i think it was kind of a little bit uh tonally messy i would say and and, and it was difficult to parse kind of what exactly it was trying to tell us much like any good uh martial arts student arthur needs to keep on its toes because it's certainly not above having, well, a little bit of a dud, in my opinion. But perhaps our listeners may feel differently. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this halloween edition of Elwood City Limits. Uh, coming up on our schedule, next week we will be back for our patrons at patreon.com slash Limits for the next episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast. It is my pick this time, and I pick Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. I'm really excited to get into that one. That's right. For the kids is getting international, and we're going to be uh, uh, going going a little bit. Uh, 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 oh gosh, what's the, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, oh, for goodness' sake! The 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 type of music you make with your mouth. Uh, oh, oh, acapella. Acapella. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll be getting a little acapella in terms of, uh, well, our we're going to be looking at the history of where in the world is Carmen Sandiego and watching an episode. And uh, we'll see if, hey, maybe are we smarter than these fifth graders? We're going to have to mm, uh, mm. Fi- find out at the end. 
Uh, so that's going to be coming next week. In two weeks, we will be back with another episode of Elwood City Limits in mid-November. And by then, maybe we will uh, ha- we will have a little bit of update for you about the Coast's Best of Halifax for 2021. Fingers crossed. We may or we may not. Uh, the next Arthur episode we're going to look at is Arthur's Number Nightmare and Brain Gets Hooked. And also a reminder this weekend, keep watching the Elwood City Limits, the free feed. Keep your free feeds updated, okay? Because starting uh, Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning and until the end of day on the 31st, there might be a little Halloween treat in there for all of you free feed listeners. So make sure that you keep those treat bags open. And, of course, have a really fun Halloween. Uh, make sure that you're uh, doing so safely. Don't imbibe too much if you're in drinking a- of drinking age. Definitely don't drink and drive. Uh, please don't appropriate other cultures with your costumes. I'm sure I have nothing to worry mm. about, but just wanted to throw that out there. That's right. Don't make the same mistakes Fern did. <laughs> and please be respectful of people's boundaries and all that good stuff. And have a fun Halloween. Watch some horror movies. Eat some candy. Uh, play some scary video games. Do whatever Do whatever you like. And, and for goodness sake, kids, don't crisscross. Do one side of the street and then do the other side of the street. What are you, trying to get hit by a car? Good point. Good point. Oh, excuse me. Uh, that was a little bit too much of the inky blackness. Uh, let me see if I can work things out here. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the darkness in the closet is calling me back with its inky, horrid tendrils. So we're gonna have to say goodbye. And uh, yeah. I will see you in your nightmares, but otherwise, we'll be back next week. Uh, that's Elwood City Limits. I'm what remains of Will Young and for Lucas Mancini. And then the banana says, sorry, but I got a split. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Wait to go home. Eagle 93.9, what's the secret phrase? Is this Craig? Yeah, pal, that's me. You want to win the gift card? You got to give me the secret phrase, okay? Are you happy, Craig? Peachy, bud. A lot of early mornings and late nights. Look, sorry, I gotta get back in like one minute, so could you- you certainly deserve to be where you are. Yeah, that's me. Thanks. Let me ask you a question. What time is it? Uh, 8.41. And what is the date? August 25th. What's the weather like for today? I don't know, man. Just listen to the show, okay? Same as it always is down here, I guess. Last question. If it is 8.41 a.m. on August 25th, 
Why is it still dark outside? What? See you.